uh, we had an amazing week last week. If you didn't hear, uh, we have a podcast. Thank you, Paul Nicholas, for that. We have a, a great podcast uh, that we put up every week of our sermons. And so last week, um, uh, David Gucci was with us, and uh, something that he had um, said or prophesied over the church was that we need to OD on faith now. How many know that faith is now? Not faith is not tomorrow, but faith is now. And so it was really encouraging because, um, and I don't think I shared this uh, too much information with him, but the Lord said, you know, as I was preaching this summer, we have a preaching team and different people will be preaching. We got Joan Hunter coming in a couple weeks. We got uh, Bobby Hogan. This is going to be amazing. If you had never heard Bobby Hogan, Lord, how mercy he on the word network. And we, it's going to be a lot of spitting and hollering up in here. But, you know, we need all of it. We need the we need the whole expression. And that's why we want to bring everyone into the church because we want you guys to experience that. But anyway, um, and he uh, so but the Lord had spoke to me that in my time of, of speaking and preaching, uh, to preach about faith, to talk about it in different regards. And, and, and next week, I'll probably do a, a faith refresher where I'll, I'll really go in depth on what faith is. But today, as I was just reading this, I was, uh, uh, you know, just meditating and the Lord was just speaking to me some things. And I, I, I first want to say that we, all of us are on a journey. How many know you're on a journey? And we are all on a journey of faith. Amen. And, and faith is a journey and not a destination. Because many times uh, we're so concerned, and, and when I mentor and when I talk to especially young adults, one of the biggest things I say is that if I could go back to me, the 23-year-old me, I would say don't get caught up in, 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 in what, God, what's the next thing? What are you going to do next in my life? Or, or what, what do you have for me? What do you have? I would, I would literally get caught up in the presence of God, number one, and, but also I would get more caught up in just believing God, learning to trust him. Because how many know that everything God has for you is for you? And, 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 but the, if you don't trust him, when the opportunity makes itself available, you won't be able to take it. You won't be able to receive it. And you'll be asking for the next thing, not knowing that he already gave you something. Okay. I'm talking to nobody, I guess. here. And so, uh, and, and another thing is God is more interested in who you're going to be when you get there versus you getting there. Because how many know you can get somewhere and not be ready? You can get somewhere with no message. You can get somewhere with nothing to give, and God is saying, will you just spend time with me? Will you just enjoy to, uh, will you just love this journey? Will you just uh, enjoy my embrace? Will you, Abraham was known as a friend of God. Will you just learn how to have friendship with me? Because many of us equate God like our earthly fathers, and some of us didn't have the best earthly fathers or the best uh, uh, father figures, and so we see God as a lawgiver, or we see God as an angry God. But I'm telling you one thing that I'm learning with my own son is that I'm not just, I'm just not just his father, I'm his friend too. And this is a concept, especially in many cultures, where it, it, it shouldn't be that way. And I have to be hard because the world is hard. And so I'm going to be hard on you. No, no, I'm going to love him so he can trust me so that when I give him wisdom, he's going to listen and not rebel. And then if he does rebel, he'll know he can always run back home. Hello? Okay, I hope you guys are hearing me. That's not what I'm preaching about, but this is good. Aha! Woo! Bang, bang! Okay. <laughs> I'm excited today. Cindy, did you bring this joy in with you today? Is that you, Cindy, back there bringing this joy in? Faith is a journey, not a destination. And what I felt, and we can sense it even in the worst, God is saying, I'm calling you out. I, and I heard this so strongly. He, th- this message is called get out because God wants you to get out of something so he can get you into something. And many times in my life, I realized for me to fully go into what God 
had for me, I had to fully come out. You can't have your feet in two places. You can't serve God and man. You can't serve two masters. Amen. Either you're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. And I believe that many times when we are searching and we're, we're uh, you know, going with God, we, we, we're the type of people because, see, we have a lot of choices in America. We have a lot of choices in, in our region. And so many times, you know, we test waters. And God is saying, I don't want you to test the waters. This is, I want you to jump head in. I want you to go deep. And so when it comes to living a life for God, it's not living a life testing the waters. You hear his voice and you obey. You hear his voice and you obey. You hear what God says and you take a step and I'm telling you God will protect you there I know there's wisdom in the counsel of many I understand all these concepts but I'm telling you when it comes to faith either you're going to do it or you're not and many times we talk ourselves out of the plan of God we talk ourselves out of what God has for us we reason and we logic but faith has nothing to do with your logic faith has nothing to do with your reason now God has given you a mind to think he has given you a reason and logic but when it comes to God speaking to you many times he will speak things contrary to what you think you can do he told a man with a withered hand, stretch forth your hand. He told a dead man, get up. Come on, somebody. He told a woman who was hunched over, be loosed. After 18 years, God will always challenge your mind. God will always, uh, uh, t- he will target those strongholds. He will target those places where you don't believe him. Amen. Come on, I'm preaching better than your amen. And I, I just wanted to say that. I know a lot of people say it, so it sounds really cool. <laughs> I feel a preach homie today, glory. <laughs> Listen, just, just be happy while it lasts because it might, it might lift. So, so God wants to get you out of something because he wants you to get into his promises. What are the promises of God? The promises of God are declarations that he has declared, that he has decreed, that he has spoken over your life. How many know that you can't see it, but there are words over your life. There are, there are words from heaven that have been spoken over your life there. And now listen, there's some other words over your life and you have to choose which words you're going to believe. But I'm telling you, God's promises are words. And if God said it, he's going to bring it to pass. But you have to believe it and you have to begin to walk in it somebody say I'm about to walk in it I mean you can tell me all day oh I believe God wants me to be on the worship team and I believe God wants to do this and I believe God wants to but until you actually step into it you just a wannabe not a okay and God is saying, and I'm not ready yet. I don't really have what it takes. You know, I need to get more deliver. I need to go to actually deliverance class because I need and God is saying no if you would just take a step I'll bring the deliverance to you I'll bring everything you, I'll, I'll make sure that you grow in grace and everything. But God is saying, will you step out on the waters? Will you get out? Somebody said, get out. I won't talk about the movie. I'll try to draw a correlation with the movie, but it didn't work. So <laughs> I was thinking about putting the picture with the guy with the eyes tearing up, but I was like, no, <laughs> somebody might get scared. Okay. So in this scripture, uh, we see that Abram, uh, God is speaking to him. And there's so much about Abraham, so much I want to share, but I just want to focus in on this particular first encounter that Abram begins or that's recorded that Abram had. I mean, he hears from God. There's no other time where it said he heard. This is the first mention of God speaking to him. And the first thing he says is not, hello, Abraham. My name is God. I'm Abba. You know, I created the whole world. You know, he, he's not trying to have a whole. Many times where God is just, I mean, he was just clear. How many know, how many like it when people just speak to you clear? I love my wife sometimes when she speaks to me clearly. 
Like she, I, we were driving uh, the other day and I said, baby, so what do you think? And she was like, well, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, goodness, couldn't you like preface it with a little bit of, you know, glory, a little bit of like, oh, this was wonderful, hallelujah, and this, you know. And she doesn't do that. She just go boom. And they're like, oh. So I'm sitting in the passenger's chair like, oh, my gosh, this is a lot. But that's the way God is. God doesn't waste his words. God is not going to sugarcoat what he wants to say to you. God is not Santa Claus. And I know that there are times where God comforts us. I, I was talking to one of my uh, spiritual daughters and I said that God is bringing many of us out of the season of comfort, out of the season of God healing your wounds. He said, I already healed you, I already comforted you. Now get up and get out. Do something. Amen. So I was reading this and he said to Abram, he said, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. And when he said that, I was just, I had never seen it that way, but I saw three different things in there that I want to highlight today to you. And I hope that it blesses you. The first thing that God says to get out of was his country. And to get out of your country, what he was saying is get out of what is common. Get out of what is done often. God has not called you to be common. But God has called you to be uncommon. And so I believe the Lord is speaking to us at Relentless that he's not called us to be a common church. He's not called you to be a common folk. But God has called you to be uncommon. God has called you to be different. Somebody said, I'm different. And every wife will say to their husband, I know you are. That's why I married you, baby. He's not called our young people to be the same and to be the average. How many know that God has called us to be above average? Amen. So that we can be a sign and a wonder to those that that look at us. If you were just like everybody else, then what would there be a need to follow you? Nobody follows a common leader. We only follow those that are uncommon. Those who go the extra mile. Those who fight harder. Those who train harder. Am I talking to anybody? And so I believe that God has called us to be uncommon. I want to read this scripture. It's a little bit diverting from this, but it it gives me a point. (laughs) Acts 28, 2, 6 says the people who lived there, talking about Paul is shipwrecked now. He was on a boat with a whole bunch of prisoners. And, and, and you got to read the story. But basically they get shipwrecked into this, on this place. And the people who lived there showed us extraordinary kindness. So basically got shipwrecked. But now these people, these natives come out. They show them kindness and they welcomed us around a fire that they had built because it was cold and rainy. And when Paul had gathered an armful of brushwood... And was setting it on to Paul's hand. Oh, sorry. Is it, is it up there? Good. I just, just had to check. When Paul had gathered an armful of brushwood and was setting it on the fire, a venomous snake was driven out by the heat and latched onto Paul's hand with its fangs. Now, listen, I want to stop right there to say, you, you know, just be, when we walk through this world, there are things that's going to happen to you. Hello? There are going to be people that, I mean, offense is going to come. I mean, anger is going to rise up. Come on, somebody. If I could just slap them, you know, if I could just, you know, I think Caitlin wanted to slap me the other day, you know. I mean, I mean, these things rise up. But listen to this. Should I have said that? Is it, can we take that off the podcast? Caitlin didn't want to slap me. And when the islanders saw the snake dangling from Paul's hand, they said to one another, no doubt about it, this guy is a murderer. Even though he escaped death at sea. Justice has now caught up with him. When it says justice, they were probably talking about the goddess of justice, which was one of the idols that they worship. And so they were saying this, this, uh, you know, look at he, he's, he's, you know, he did this. Now look what's going to happen. He can't escape it. But Paul 
shook the snake off. Somebody say, I'm shaking the snakes off today. I'm shaking off the snakes. He flung it into the fire and he suffered no harm at all. And everyone, somebody say everyone, watched him. I'm telling you, people are looking at you. People are watching your life. People are investigating you. And here it says that they watched him expecting him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. I can stop right there and preach, but I'm going to keep going. And after observing him for a long time and seeing that nothing unusual happened, they changed their mind and said, he must be a God. Can I tell you that Paul was uncommon? Paul was walking in something that was uncommon to these people. And when they saw it and when they watched him, they realized this guy, this guy is not like anybody else. This guy is like a God. How many people are looking into your life and seeing you shake snakes off? Many times when we get offended, when we get hurt, we want to tell our best friend, we want to call up somebody, we want to post stuff on Facebook, but that's common. It's common. Everybody does that. Everybody rants on their posts by how many people can shake the snake off into the fire. And I'm telling you, God is raising up an uncommon people that Paul was not ordinary. And, and the word uncommon means to not be ordinary. You're not called to be ordinary. Come on now, I'm preaching like Joel Osteen. You are not called to be old. Joel Osteen, my boy. You were not meant to be ordinary. I listen to him a lot, so I'm like, I be crying, and he cries sometimes. He's like, I'm telling you, you're not. And his voice trembles. I love it. God has called you to be unordinary. You are not called to fit the mold. You, are, you know, we, we have this thing, but I really mean it. Like, you're not called to fit in. You're called to stand out. They thought you, you would, let me say, they thought you wouldn't make it, but you're uncommon. They thought you would die, but you're uncommon. They thought that you would get knocked down and stay down, but you're uncommon. You're not like everybody else because you serve a God that's not like everybody else. You serve an amazing God. How big is your God? I love that by, uh, who was that? Amy prophesied that today. How big is your God? Glory to God. You're uncommon. You're not like the rest. Many people would have given up by now. Many people would have thrown in the towel by now, but you're not common. You're not the same. I feel this. I feel the Lord speaking right to your heart. And God is saying, will you believe me? Will you believe me? Don't try to fit in. Don't try to be like everybody else. You're not called to be like the culture. You're called to change the culture. You're called to be a trailblazer. You're called to be a pioneer. Pioneers go to places where nobody's ever been before. Come on, somebody. Come on, Pastor Paul, planting a church up there. God is calling a pioneer. I'm telling you, when you're in a, when you got a pioneering spirit, you can't handle around, you can't stay around commonness, if that's a word. And God is saying, they thought you would get offended, but you're uncommon. They thought you were walking unforgiveness, but you're uncommon. It's not just the grandiose things, it's the hidden man of the heart that God is concerned with as well. They thought you would compromise. They thought you would give in to the pressure, but you're not common. They thought when they squeezed you, they would see the real you. But when they squeezed you, all they saw was God. They thought that they could break you, but you were already broken. You're uncommon. They thought they could puff you up to see you fall but you were already humbled. 
You're uncommon. I wish somebody would just put on Facebook, go to our Facebook page and just put hashtag uncommon. Put it on Twitter. Let somebody know this week you're uncommon. And you heard it from Relentless. (laughs) I'm just saying, a little marketing, okay, sorry. I got to get better at that. Anyway, so number one, God says, get out. Somebody look at somebody and say, get out. Get out of your country. Get out of what's common. Get out of what you know. But then he says, get from your family. Ooh. Mm. Now, husbands, you can't leave your wives. Wives, you can't leave your husband. That's not what I'm talking about. Make sure we say that up front. Family represents what is familiar. And to do what God wants you to do, you're going to have to let go of what is familiar. You know what stops the new move of God? The last move of God. And that's why I told our church, we have to continue to listen to the voice of the Lord and do what he says. A lot of people have ideas. They come to me. I love ideas. I love brainstorming. I love that. But I'm telling you, we're going to do what the Lord says. Amen. And God is saying to really step into the promises, to really go into the places that God has for you individually and us corporately as a church, we got to get away from what's familiar. That's why every Sunday it looks a little different. It's never the same. We don't just sing the same songs. We don't just have the same people up here because we don't want people to get familiar. I don't want to preach every Sunday because I don't want people to get familiar. I want people to press in. I want people to go after God because God is God. And I'm not. And neither are you, by the way. And oh, but when I did this, God moved. But God is saying, I'm so glad that God moved back in 1955. I'm I'm just so glad about it. But God wants to do a new thing. Somebody said, God wants to do a new thing. And God says, get ready for the new. And we've been saying it all day today. I heard it through the prayer. I heard it uh, during the worship that God is doing something new. He's closing old doors, opening new doors. He said, this is a new, I heard a gift. He said, this is a new uh, month of miracles, signs and wonders. God is doing something new. Isaiah 42 verse 9 says, see the former things have taken place and new things I declare. So the things that God has spoken over Israel, Jerusalem, all these different prophecies, he said, those things, I've done those. Those things have come to pass and now a new thing I'm declaring before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Are you able to listen to the new thing? Are you able to hear God's voice for the next? The steps with an S of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And so the question is, are you What's the next step? You have to be in step with him. Let his footsteps become our footprints or his footprints become our footsteps. Genesis 37, verse 18 and 19 says, when Joseph's brother saw him coming, how many know people see you coming? This is reality. When you get a new job and you're about to get promoted, people see you coming. They see what God is doing in your life. People know that I'm a new church planner and two years in it, and they see me coming. They see us coming. Now listen to this. They saw Joseph, the Joseph brothers saw him coming, and they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. And they said, here comes the dreamer, they said. See, the familiar is always plotting to kill the dreamer. And people will come to you and say, if you just do it like this, we did it like this before, and if you just do it like this, it's going to work out. I'm telling you, God, Francie, God is calling us to do new things. He's calling us like, you know, Star Trek. What did they say on Star Trek? You watch it. I don't know. They go to new frontiers, new, 
You know, Stargate, three, five, six, eight, twelve. No? Okay. That's a different show? Star Wars? Stargate. Oh, okay. There's a lot of stars, y'all. It's not turning out the way I... I'm actually getting a little bit intoxicated up here. It's really good. Maybe you need to take a drink, too. So... When Joseph's brothers saw him, they recognized him and they tried to kill him. And, and, and familiarity will always stand on the shores of vision to stop you. Whenever you want to take a new step, whenever you want to take a step, I'm not saying it's always people. It could just be what's familiar. It could just be uh, what you're used to. And, and, and familiar would stand there and say, no, don't do it. And, and familiar would sound like this. You don't know what's going to happen. If you get out there on the waters, what's going to happen? If you if you get out of this place over there, you don't know what's you don't know who's over there. You don't know what you might die. And then you start walking around instead of talking the promises of God. You start saying what familiar saying. I might die. This might not work out. God is calling us out of the places called familiarity onto the shores of vision and hope and promise and destiny. Isaiah 42 verse 16 said, I will lead the blind. By the way that they have not known, along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. God is not trying to lead you down the path that he led someone else down. I tell people all the time, they say, well, Pastor Malik, well, how do you do what you do? And a lot of times what they're saying is, give me the steps so I can follow them to do like you do. But I'm telling you, God has a unique path for every one of us. And so the one thing I would say is, don't do what I do, trust God. Believe God. The same God who spoke to me will speak to you. Because if you do what I do, that means you got to give up everything you have and move down to a state that you did not know and tell the person there that God told you to move and hope that they're going to let you stay there for at least a couple weeks. And then you're going to have to stay there for eight years, driving people around, cleaning toilets, jumping in sewer systems. Hello? Don't do what I do. You got your own way. Maybe he'll just fast track you. I remember T.D. Jakes, they said, well, T.D. Jakes, how do you, you know, I want your anointing. He said, well, you must want my struggles then. Because he said, my strength is in my struggle. Okay, let me keep going. He said, I will lead them down unfamiliar paths. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do and I will not forsake you. So God is putting his stamp and he's saying, if you trust me, if you jump out on those waters, you know, one thing I want to say, I, I got to say it. I don't know if I said it last week, but you know, a lot of times and many of us, how many have been a Christian for longer than five years? Just lift up your hand if you, all right, so there's a lot of you. Okay. And so what happens is a lot of times people just be scared. Oh, I just, I don't know what's going on with my, with my life. And, you know, I was trusting God, but I'm just out here and nothing is happening. And I'm just wondering what's going on. And God is like, um, do you remember three years ago when you were singing Oceans? Do you remember that song? Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. May I walk upon the waters wherever you will call me. And that one tear drops out. And now he believed you. And he said, oh, oh, yes, they want to go out of the way. Here you go. Woo! 
Then we throwing them in the deep end. They ready. He tell all his kids, hey, Gabriel, Michael, all of them. They just set it up, set it up, set it up, send them out, send them out. And now you out here on the water. Like, How did I get here? And he's like, mm-hmm. you know, the angel comes with a little iPad, you know, say, mm-hmm. let me just pull up this a file here. Oh, here's the file. And the file list is at December the 13th and, uh, uh, you know, 2015. Here it goes. And there's you all right there. And you're looking like, oh, snap. I love these people. They're singing Reckless Love now. There's no wall you won't kick down. Shelly won't light up. I'm just like, wait to two years. God, why are there so many walls around me? Dude, I don't even know if I can trust you anymore. What's happening? Abba, I belong to you. Okay, let me keep going. These songs are prayers, and God takes them very seriously. Help me, Lord. I'll think about some songs I, I would sing it. Because I used to pray crazy prayers like, Lord, burn me up, Lord. Oh, Lord, I want the fire. Turn it up. I used to say, I mean, crazy stuff like, Lord, intensify my training. He was like, okay. God listens to what you pray. And guess what? He believes your prayers more than you do. Number three, get out of your country. Get from your family. And this is the one I was really praying. I hope it's going to come out the way I wanted to. But he said, get from your father's house and I felt like the Lord was saying what this means is get away from that which has defined you because fathers define things a father is a definitive Fathers are important. They define who we are. I define. I'm defining my home. I'm defining my children. I've been defined. Thank God I've been redefined. Praise the Lord. And so John 5, 19 says, so Jesus explained and says, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. And whatever the father does, the son also does and so this is not just i believe in the spiritual sense obviously you know jesus was talking about his heavenly father but many times we are defined and our limitations are are set by our fathers and in the scripture god saw it very important that he not only say get away from your country and get away from your family but he made sure to say get out of your father's house Get away from the limitations. Get out of the places that have defined you because God says there's a redefining that's about to take place. We can only go as far as what we have seen from our fathers. We are limited by our fathers, but praise God, there's a father who speaks a better word over our life. And we need to be connected to that. But many times it's not the case. And look at this. Genesis 11. Just, we're going to go from 12. We're just get a little backtrack here. Genesis 11, 31 to 32. It says, Terah. 
which is the Abraham's father, took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, and his son Abram's wife, and they went out from. So his dad had a plan. His dad was like, listen, we about to go somewhere. We, like, I'm taking my kids on vacation. And I'm like, hey, we get ready. We about to go on vacation. We about to go to the beach. You know, like, I'm, like, I'm excited, right? So this is, I can imagine his excitement. We moving. We getting out of the Ur of Chaldeans. We're getting out of this place. And he was going to the same place that later on we find that Abraham, God called Abraham. He said, I'm going to the land of Canaan. And it came to Haran. And they dwelt there. They lived there. They stopped going forward. So the days of Terah were 205, and Terah died in Haran. See, he had a, we don't know if he heard from the Lord. We don't know what Terah's relationship was. They, more likely, they were astrologists. You know, they were believe, watching the stars. It's more likely what they were doing. But we don't really know what was in his heart. But somewhere along the line, he stopped. And because he stopped, Abraham stopped. And they dwelt in a land called Haran. And many times I find that our family and our, wherever they stop, they feel like you should stop. And I'm telling you, don't stop. You keep going. You let God redefine you. And so Terah was on his way to Canaan, but he dwelt in Haran. And so God was saying to Abraham, get from out of what limits you. Don't be limited by your father. Don't be limited by the boundaries that were put in place in your life, that you can do even greater. You know, I want my kids to do greater than me. All of my brothers and sisters, we've all been in prison. My kids won't. Uh, You didn't say amen loud enough. My kids won't. The only reason why they're going to go to prison is to preach. The only reason why they're going to go to a bar or club is to prophesy. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Aaron. (laughs) Get out from what limits you. What has defined you because God has something new for you. And the word Torah, if you look it up, it actually means delay. And so Abraham's father was delay. And many times our fathers through fear did not step into what God has called. Listen, I love what Mark Batterson said. Don't be afraid to start something. Don't be afraid to stop it. Many times we let what's going to happen or might happen or could happen stop us from ever taking the step. And God, I really just felt something on this that God is saying, get from your father's house. Don't be defined by your father's limitation. Be defined by your father in heaven's expectation. He expects the best for you. He wants the best from you. Can we get the worship team to come up? And I want the prayer team as well to get ready because we're going to pray. If any of these areas sound familiar to you, we have a prayer team that wants to pray for you, that wants to believe God for you, that these three areas in your life, what's common, what's familiar, and what limits you will be broken off, that you will be able to step into what God has for you. Haran also means a dry place, and many times, I don't know why, but many times we camp out in the dry place. We camp out in the parts place. And God is saying, I want to bring you to where the rivers flow. I want to bring you to the place of milk and honey. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for what just, you know, don't get comfortable. And I really believe that this 
July, God's going to speak to many of our hearts to get out of our comfort zone. I love one of my daughters. Maybe I just say a little bit of a testimony, but Caitlin, she came. She's been working at a certain job. And and my wife was just like, God wants to do something new. And you know what? Caitlin was like, you know what? God does want something. See, it's important who you hang around with. It's important who you let speak into your life. And, 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 and my wife was like, no, I see, I see greater. And then she was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do something. So she went out on the line and she filled out some different forms and, and went through. And now she got a brand new job. Praise the Lord. She got flexibility and she's going to be able to go to Bible school. Glory to God. See, God is saying, don't let your situation define you. Allow me to define you. Allow me. Let God set your boundaries. That's one thing actually me prayed a lot when we were dating and when we first got married. Lord, you, you're our boundary. You're our limits. Wherever you go, we go. Wherever you lead us, we're going to go. We're going to follow you. We're talking to a young man about Mexico. He said, well, you know, like, where are we going to be sleeping at and what are we going to be doing? And, uh, you know, and those are great questions, but behind it was a little bit of fear. And I said to him, just listen to the Lord. If the Lord tells you to go, go. Because we can let so many things talk us out of the glorious future that God has for us. Amen.